0: How's everyone doing? Good. Good. Awesome. Ah, uh, well, Numbers chapter three, but um, in my notes I already kind of—I just want to summarize everything from Numbers chapter one to chapter three again. Josh gave a great description and everything. He went into more detail, but what I have from my notes is just—it's uh, just really something around it, so it can. Give you a better picture to lead you up to Numbers chapter three and so on, and so the book of Numbers obviously Josh said it's about numbering the numbering of people, but not only is it about number or about numbers, but it's about organize the organizing camps to do or God's organization for the camps to do battle as well. We, It's about um, God organizing camps to do battle against the enemies they'll be facing as they go towards the promised land. So we know that they got led out of Egypt in uh, Exodus and Leviticus, and they are in the desert right now. So God is leading them towards the promised land. So what we are going to see in the book of Numbers is the preparation for battle to come. So, I encourage each of you to read along in the devotion, and and just be focusing on the devotions. How many of you guys read the devotions every day? Like, honestly, not many of you. I knew it, too, you know? The reason why is because, I don't know, I just have this sense of feeling that you don't, and, I mean, I want you to, I mean, me and Josh and everyone that's involved in doing this, like, we are on it, you know, we gotta do it. We're reading, it, and so we want you guys to do the same as well. You know, to follow up because what happens after two and a half years? You're going to be able to raise your hand and say, "Yeah, I've read, I've read the whole entire Bible." You know, from from the front to the back, to the side, to the diagonal parts of it. I read it all. You know, and then you, you're you're able to say that. You know, how long have each of you been a Christian? And can actually say, "I've read the whole Bible." Not many of you can. You know, I can't. You know, I've been a Christian for like seven years, but I can't really say to myself, yeah, I've read the whole entire Bible. So I'm glad that we're doing this in order for you guys to have a chance to say you can, you know. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's embarrassing that you say you can't when you've become a Christian for so, you, you've been a Christian for so long, you know. So I encourage you, please read your Bible or read, read the daily devotional and keep up to par in each chapter with us, you know, I'm in it too, so, I'm no higher than you, we're all the same here, you know, I'm not better than you, I, I really, seriously, I am not, I'm nothing, you know, I'm really nothing, so, as we're going through the Bible, we know that God rescued the Israelites from Egypt, and taught them something in the desert, what did he teach them in the desert, he taught everyone in the desert, in the book of Leviticus, a taste of worship, So now God is mobilizing them in the book of Numbers to get ready for war and to take territory that is promised to them. So this is a book of the organization of God's people in preparation for God's work. Let me say that one more time. This is the book of the organization of God's people in preparation for God's work. So we're going to see God organizing these tribes together for a work that he's going to do. So he's preparing them during the book of numbers. So, numbers chapter 1, we see the establishment of the tribe of the tribes of Israel. That's what we see in numbers chapter 1. Numbers chapter 2, we see the arrangements of the tribal camps or the positioning of each tribe. And as you can see in Numbers chapter 1 and 2, everything was organized. Being orderly organized will help you move efficiently and effectively. Being orderly organized will help you move efficiently and effectively. What do I mean by this? When you plan a trip, let's say Josh, Josh obviously he's planning on going whitewater rafting. When you plan a trip, what needs to be done? You need to organize yourself. You need to see what you need to bring. Oh, i got to bring this amount of clothing. i got to bring my fishing pole and my tackle box and so on and so on. Oh, I need to bring uh, this this amount of unmentionables because I'm going for this long and I don't want to wear the same thing, you know. So being orderly and organized is a great way to... Help you improve with yourself as long as to get your tasks done. How many of you guys are organized? How many are you not? Well, I can say, you know, I'm kind of organized, but then I'm kind of not. But when you find yourself not organized, what happens? Everything's a mess. Right, Max? Everything's pretty much a mess. But when you're organized and and, and you prepare and you do things, what happens? You get the, you get the job done. Everything's get, everything's done. So every time you're orderly and you're organized, and and you set before your goals what you're gonna do, you're always gonna accomplish your task. And so God is orderly, or He's organizing the tribes of Isra- Israel in the Book of Numbers, so that they may go forward with their task that God has set before them. So now. What we've all been waiting for, Numbers chapter 3, let's go before the Lord and uh, we'll dive right in. Father, we come to you tonight, and God, I ask that you would speak to our hearts, God, that you would speak through me. I have, I don't have much to say, but I know that you want to speak to your people tonight. So, Father, I ask that our hearts would be open. That your words would be piercing into our ears, that we would grab and uh, and feel your presence here, but most of all, that we would hear your voice in this time. So please, God, speak through me. May you have all glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, so Numbers chapter 3 is the organization of the Levites. The organization of the Levites. Uh, we'll just open up. So verse 1, this is the account of the family of Aaron and Moses at the time the Lord talked with Moses on Mount Sinai. And we'll stop right there, right before we jump into anything. Before Moses did anything, what did he do first? He was talking to God. He was hanging out with God. Moses spent time with the Lord. The first time we see him spend time with the Lord... Was on Mount Sinai when he got and when he received the Ten Commandments. A year has gone by now. So he goes back up to Mount Sinai and he seeks the heart of God this time. Because the first time was for the Ten Commandments, what the Lord wanted to give to the people to follow by. This time Moses was just going to seek the heart of God to see what this organization oh, that he's put on Moses' heart is for. So we're seeing Moses go up. To seek the heart of God in preparation to lead the Israelites in the promised land. So, my question to you is, how many times do we spend time with God? How many times do we ourselves go up to our Mount Sinai or in the desert that God has prepared for us and we seek God? Me, I can I can seriously say I don't as much, you know. Last year, I was doing it for a uh, for a great amount of time, and it was amazing, but all of a sudden, just things come your way, and trials, and tribulations, and all of a sudden, you, you get busy, being under Satan's yoke, you, you just start getting busy, and you see that your, your time with God has just narrowed down, and it's just a refreshment for me, I'm, you know, you're my family here, and I just want to tell you that, this past week, for me, I've been just alone a lot, and it's just been great, it's been uh, fulfilling for me. Um, like like Josh was saying earlier, I run from LA Fitness back home, and for for me, it's when I'm running, it's it's great because no one's around me. I mean, I got cars, you know, fl- flying by me and so on. That's it. But for me, I can actually run, or when I get really hot and tired and feel like I'm gonna pass out, I walk, you know. But wh- but during this time that I'm running and I'm walking, I see myself actually being focused why because i'm outside in the in this open area where i'm not in four walls you know and i was talking and i was talking to someone about this list yesterday when you're in four walls you're able to do whatever that's that's in these four walls you can you can go on the computer easily you can grab a guitar you can do so, so many things but when you're outside and you're walking and you know that your destination's over here and you got to you got to continue to walk right what happens as you're walking you're not doing anything you're just like this is miserable but and you're just walking and nothing's being done that's your time to spend with God we know that in Genesis Adam walked with God daily and for for you guys, like, I encourage you, you know, I'm, I'm doing this right now and it's amazing. I encourage you to take a walk with the Lord, always. Why? Because it's going to be refreshing upon each and every single one of your souls. Um, I know that walking in the morning is amazing because, like Josh was saying earlier, that's when everything starts to, I mean, before everything starts to get busy, your cell phone's blowing up, um, the alarm clock's going, people are just, like, talking and traffic's going off. Before all that starts, everything is dead quiet. I remember this past Saturday, I was actually in the house for about eight hours, where it was just no one there, no one in the house, and it was just me. And I felt like that was my time. That was like just my time to hang out with God, to work on this message, to prepare, and to study. And it was amazing. So I encourage each and every single one of you to be alone is when you'll be able to find out who you are and how you relate with God. Being alone really helps you see who you are and what God has planned for you. You can be yourself in front of God. So, please, spend time by yourself. Um, That's what Moses did as he was seeking the heart of God to lead um, the Israelites into battle. So, um, a quote I wrote down here is, The only way to prepare for God is to be in the presence of God. The only way to prepare for God is to be in the presence of God. In Amos 4.12, it says, Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. Are you guys prepared to meet your God tonight? Let's say if we were to get raptured right now, or that plane came and crashed down and killed us, are you prepared to meet your God? Can you honestly say that, Man, I've 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 been preparing for God so I can be in the presence of God. Can you actually say that? Think about it. Recap on your life. Moving on to verse 2-4. to four. Read with me. The names of the sons of Aaron and were Nadab, the firstborn, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. Those were the names of Aaron's sons, the anointed priests, who were ordained to serve as priests. Nadab and Abihu, however, fell dead before the Lord, when they made an offering with unauthorized fire before him in the desert of Sinai. They had no sons, so Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests during the lifetime of their father Aaron. Okay, we see here in these verses that Aaron and his sons are from the tribe of Levi. Because this this whole chapter is the establishment of Um, The Levites. So, we see that Aaron and his sons are from the tribe of Levi. So, if Aaron and his sons are from the tribe of Levi, then what tribe was Moses from? Levi. I think I heard Levi over here from Vincent. You're right. So, if Moses is from Levi... Good job, Vincent. Was it, Vincent? Or was it? Patrick, you're the man, dude. Okay, so if Moses is from the tribe of Levi... How do we know that? How do we know that if Moses was from the tribe of Levi? How do we know that? What? Because they're brothers. Dude, two points for you, man. Uh Exactly. Moses and Aaron are brothers. Okay, so if Moses and Aaron are brothers, who's the oldest? Aaron. Aaron. Good. So... That, that's just awesome, man. You're on point. I, I was just doing that just to see, you know, you Bible students out there, to see how you're doing and so on. But yeah, you're right. So Aaron is the oldest brother. Moses is the younger brother, along with Aaron and his sons are from the tribe of Levi. So we see that Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar are Aaron's sons, which would make them the priests because they're from the tribe of Levi. They are the descendants of Aaron. But if you notice in verse 4, Nadab and Abihu are dead. If you remember back in Leviticus chapter 10, Nadab and Abihu made unauthorized fire before the Lord. So God consumed them with fire. So they're no longer here. They're dead. They dropped dead. So, I guess you can kind of say they were burnt out on ministry. (laughs) If you don't get it, whatever. So... Just a little joke. Moving on. They were burnt out on ministry. Ha ha. Moving on. Verses 5 to 10. Read with me. The Lord said to Moses, Bring the tribe of Levi Levi, and present them to Aaron the priest to assist them. They are to perform duties for him and for the whole community at the tent of meeting by doing the work of the tabernacle. They are to take care of all the furnishing of the tent of meeting, fulfilling the obligations of the Israelites by doing the work of the tabernacle. Verse 9. Give the Levites to Aaron and his sons. They are the Israelites who are to be given wholly to them. Appoint Aaron and his sons to serve as priests. Anyone else who approaches the sanctuary must be put to death. And we'll stop right there. Look at verse 6 with me. Bring the tribe of Levi and present them to Aaron and the priest, or present them to Aaron, the priest, to assist them. So, the question now rises is, is every Levite a priest? No. The answer is no. Not every Levite is a priest. Why? Well, it was only the descendants of Aaron which is his sons are the are the priests. The the Levite, the the everyone that's a Levite was more of an assistant to the priest. They were to help out with whatever um whatever God has um, has put for Aaron and the priests to do. It's kind of like saying um it's kind of like saying, okay, we know that Josh teaches this Bible study, but we're all from the same family. Josh teaches the Bible study, but sometimes we need people to help set up chairs. Though you guys are not the pastor or the preacher, you're assisting him in doing this so that he can bring forth the message with whomever is sitting there. That's the job of a Levite. They were to help assist the the priest that was going to make sacrifices for them, or what, whatnot. So, God picks out the Levites for a reason, and we'll see that later um, on tonight. But yeah, the Levites was were not to uh, were not called to be priests. The only the the only ones who were to be called priests are the descendants of uh, of Aaron. So let me put it in another way: every company has. An appointed person to do a task, right? We all know that because most of us work in here. So we know that every company has appointed people to do to carry on a task. There's a president, a vice president, a manager, and tons of worker, uh, ton, tons of workers under them. So working for, let's say, we're working, or these people are working for the cupcake factory. We'll put it that way. So just because we are all a part of the same factory doesn't mean we have the same duties. Only the ones that are appointed to be the CEO or the president can have people working for them or assisting them. They have the authority. So remember, Aaron, his sons, the priests, have authority over these people. It's kind of like Batman and Robin. We know that Batman, he's the man. And Robin is his assistant, his sidekick, right? So, there can only be one Batman. Sorry Robin, you can't be Batman. It, it won't happen. Robin is just his sidekick, he's just there to assist him. In the same sense, Aaron and his descendants were appointed to be the priests. But all the Levites were to assist the priests because that's what God wanted the tribe of Levi to do. Was to assist the priests in setting up... For the tent of meeting while Aaron and his sons do the work inside the tabernacle. So, they were just to help out, set the tent of meeting, so that way Aaron and his sons can go inside this place and, you know, make the offerings up to the Lord in place of, you know, the community, um, which is all the Israelites. So, moving on to verse 11. The Lord also said to Moses, I have taken the Levites from among the Israelites in place of the first male offspring of every Israelite woman. The Levites are mine, for all the firstborn are mine. When I struck down on the firstborn in Egypt, I set apart for myself every firstborn in Israel. Whether man or animal, they are to be mine. I am the Lord. Okay, let me try to explain this um, I kind of messed up on the devotional today. Um, I'll kind of fix that and I'll resend it out. But, so here, God says that He wants the Levites and He wants the entire firstborn of every... Oh no, wait. let Let me redo this. Okay, the Levites are God's chosen people. Okay? They were not supposed to be in the beginning because what happened in verse... In verse 12 it says I have taken the Levites from among the Israelites in place of your first male offspring of every Israelite woman. So, God was going to make the whole tribe of Israel every every tribe that's in Israel, he was going to take them and he was going to take every firstborn to to be unto him. He's going to choose them to take care of the tabernacle. But what what happens? He doesn't. He only picks out the Levites. We know that There's the tribe of Simeon, and there's Gad, and Judah, and Dad, and so on. But instead, he only picks the Levites. Why? Well, do you remember back in Exodus chapter 32, when the people made a golden calf while dancing around naked and worshipping this thing? That day when Moses came down from the mountain, he said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. So he's telling this to all the tribes, right? You, You guys remember this, right? He's telling the whole the, the whole entire Israelites, the tribes that are in there, they're already sectioned off. He's telling the whole the whole people, hey, whoever is for me, come to me. Whoever is for the Lord, come to me this day. Every other tribe was being a bunch of little sissies. They were just like, oh man, I don't want I don't want to go do this task. I don't want to go do this thing that the Lord has planned for me. So they were being a bunch of little sissies during that time. Sorry, I got distracted. And they were being scared because they did not want to take on this task that the Lord had for them by killing their own rebellious brothers and sisters, pretty much their own family. But the tribe of Levi, oh man, the tribe of Levi, out of all the tribes that didn't, that didn't want to go, they were just, I don't want to go, Moses. I don't want to be on the Lord's side. I don't want to be on His team right now. Oh, the tribe of Levi. Oh man, they were just Moses. We're gonna. We want it. We want to take care of this. It's saying this. Pastor, let's say a pastor comes up to this this group, and he and he goes, "Hey, how many of you guys want to go skydiving?" You know, of course, there's many that are afraid. Oh man, I don't want to take on that task. I don't. I don't want to die. But man, the brave ones. All oh man. I want to be the one to jump off that plane first, right? In the same sense, the the Levites were saying the exact same thing. Oh, I want to be on God's team. I want to be with Moses because Moses knows the Lord. So I want to be on that team. It's kind of like when you were in sixth grade, you know, and you're playing dodgeball and you have all the kids lined up, right? You got two captains, right? And they're like, I want that one, I want that one. They get to choose who they want. Why? Because... They know that these these people are good, and then what happens? The you know the little last you know the little bench warmers are just off to the side, and they're like, "Um, uh, you're a water boy, you know, you don't want them on your team." And in the same sense, God kind of already knew that the Levites were going to do this because God knows everything. So the Levites raised their hands, and they were saying they were pretty much telling Moses, "We want to take on this task." So in Exodus thirty-two twenty-six. The Levites rallied to Moses saying, we want to do this. So then God, so then the God of Israel says, let each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp. This is we're in, this is Exodus uh, 32, 27 to 29, if you guys want to mark that down and look back. But I'm going to give you, um, I'm just going to read what the scripture says. So it says, let each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp, from one end to another, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. The, the Levites did as Moses' command, and that day about 300 people died. <clears throat> from that day on, the Levites were set apart, and the Lord blessed them that day, for they were against their own sons and brothers. So we see here, the task that the Lord had for whoever wanted to take it, obviously the Levites, the task that the Lord had were To kill all these men, all these rebellious Israelites that were dancing around the calf. So that day, the the Levites rose up, killed them all, 300 people plus maybe, died that day, and God blessed them. Why? Because they were set apart. And in our lives, are we set apart? Are we blessed by God like that? Do we say, Lord, I want to be set apart. I want to take on the task that you have for me. I want to be radical. Or are we just in our comfort zone saying, you know, I'm fine where I'm at. I don't want to take on that task, Lord, because I'm okay. I'm doing just great. One thing that encourages me is when I remember when Josh was... Because we've been best friends for a very long time. I remember when he had an opportunity to go into the desert with John Corson. It was a task that the Lord had for him. I remember him and I were talking and saying... Dude, I don't know, I remember him saying, I don't know if I want to do this. Because it was out of his comfort zone. If he were to go, it was going to be three, four months flat out. I'm going to be a different person when I get back. I, 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 I don't want to leave my job that I have. I don't want to do this. But yet, he stepped out and went out and did the Lord's task. And the Lord has made him the man of God he is today. He prepared him for what was about to come today. So in the same sense, the Levites did the exact same thing. They took on the task. They said, hey, I want to be radical. I want to take on the task. I want to accomplish this. I want to do it for the Lord. And so they did, and they were blessed by it. And I can tell you now, Josh can tell you now. He took on the task, and he can, obviously, he set apart. He can totally tell you that he was blessed through that experience. Have Have you guys gone through that experience? Have I gone through that that experience? Are we set apart? Are Are we willing to go out and just take that risk that the Lord has for us and be set apart for ourselves in order for us to bless Him? I mean, I'm very thankful. I'm very happy that you guys are always here. So faithful in this ministry that's going on. But I ask you the question. Will you step out? Will you be radical? Will you start doing the things that the Lord wants you to do? The talents that God has given you, have you used them? Have you utilized it and take it and push on forward with it? Have you done that? If not, then ask yourself tonight, ask the Lord tonight, Lord, what's my talent? What do you want me to do? How can I be radical for you? Ask yourself that question. And move forward. And I know that God will bless each and every single one of you through that. So as we move on to verse 14 to 20, I'm not going to read it. Because verses 14 to 20 is Moses, he counts the Levites by families and clans as he, commanded, as he was commanded by the word of God. So in these verses we see that the Levites were divided into three major family groups from verses 14 to 20, this is the establishment that Moses counts each Levite and establishes three groups as Tyler was mentioning earlier. And re- I'm going to repeat that and give you uh, more, more, uh, just more detail on that. So read with me in verse 21 to 23. To Geshon belong the clans of the Libanites and the Shemites these were the, these were the Gishonite clans the numbers of all the males a month old or more who were counted was 7,500 the Gishonite clan were to camp on the west behind the tabernacle moving down to verse 25 at the tent of meeting the Geshenites were, respons- the, were responsible for the care of the tabernacle, the tent, its coverings, the curtains at the entrance to the tent of meeting, the curtains of the courtyard, the curtains at the entrance to the courtyard, surrounding the tabernacle and altar, and the ropes and everything related to their use. Okay. So, the Geshenites. We see here that their family they've counted to be seven thousand five hundred, and their responsibility were to care for the woven materials and animal skins and pretty much the covering of the tent. The Geshenites weren't the priests, but they fulfilled the important role none of the none of the less in that they provided the covering for worship. They were the ones who pitch the tent. It's kind of like you, we have this building right next to us. Their their main job were, was to cover the tent, so so that the tabernacle can be established inside. So what happens when you're going camping? Someone brings a tent, right? Someone bring, someone straps on a tent, and that's their job. You know, they bring the tent, and their job is to provide the tent to cover. To cover you and whoever else is sleeping in, the, in that tent. So, you can kind of say they're the tent makers. They're kind of like, you know, they're making their little TV for you. There you go. That's their job. That's the nice job. And and now we're going to look at the Koahites job in verse 28. The number of uh, the Koahites were 8,600. The Kohites' responsibility was to care for the sanctuary. Jump down to 31 with me. They were were responsible for the care of the ark, the table, the lampstands, the altars, the article of the sanctuary used in ministering, the curtains, and everything related to their use. And we'll stop right there. So... The Kohites, they numbered off to be 8,600 and were in charge of the furniture of the tabernacle. Furniture of the tabernacle, like it was listing. They were in charge of the altar, the table of showbread, the candlesticks, and the ark. They took care of the materials inside of the tabernacle. So as we were le- as we were reading in Leviticus, inside the tabernacle you have... The ark, right? And for for the priests to go in and to make sacrifices of the animals for their sins. Well, what the Kohites job were was everything inside the tabernacle, everything that you saw, every once you stepped in, everything that you saw, they were in charge of that. So if they so if they broke a candlestick, uh oh. That's no good. They were in charge of getting all those materials materials for the tabernacle inside of the tabernacle and outside and keep them safe and guarded and pretty much take it to the ne- their next destination. So, that was their job. So, the Geshenites' job was to provide a tent. That's why it's called the Tent Amin. They were to provide a covering so that way they can start to establish the tabernacle inside this tent. The Kohites were to obviously, provide the material things, the material things that belong inside the tabernacle in order for the priest to accomplish their task that the Lord has given to them to do. Now we're going to see the Mariites and what their responsibility um, is to do. So we'll see that in verse 34. Read with me. They've numbered off to be 6,200 and jump down to 36, and we're going to see wh- um, what their what responsibilities were. The Maronites were appointed to take care of the frames of the tabernacle, its crossbars, posts, base, all the equipment, and everything that related to their use, as well as the posts of the surrounding courtyard with their base tent pegs and ropes. So we'll stop right there. So the Mariites were to take care of, obviously, the boards, the bars, the pillars, and the sockets. Pretty much the hardware stuff. So, we see that the Geshenites put the tent, they've, they've, they've covered it, for uh, they co- they put the coverings over. The Koahites come in, they put in all the material things, and then the Mariites come in. And they place the boards, the pillars, the, everything to hold the tent and everything to, to decorate. The, the base, from, from the base to the you know whatever's going on, the, the ropes and the, uh, the bars and so on. So I was kind of getting this structure in my head when I was reading this about these three um, individual groups. So we see that this building has a wall. Obviously, obviously the Geshenites took care of this building. They put the walls up. Everything that's inside of this building from the furniture would be the Kohites. They provided all the, all those things. Last but not least, the Meriites were to go in and put like the baseboards and frames and pillars at, you know inside this place. So the picture is you have three groups taking care of the tent of meeting, the tabernacle. Of what the Lord has established them to do. Because Aaron and his sons were the descendants. Or Aaron and his descendants. Which are his sons. Were to to make the sacrifices. Were to make the offerings. They were the priests. So they were not involved in putting these things together. That's why the tribe of Levi. Since they were blessed. Remember. They're the only ones that stood up. They were blessed with the ministry on Making this tent happen. It's kind of like saying. Harvest is building chapter 2. They're building all these buildings right now. And they're raising funds for it. And those that give to it. And so on. One day it's going to be built up. And you can say yeah. I was a part of that ministry. I was a part of helping out with that ministry over there. In the same sense. And those that did it. They just walk in and say wow this place is great. Man, I wish I could have been a part of this. In the same sense, all the tribes, Simeon, Gad, Judah, all these tribes did not partake in this. They, didn't get, they, they were not allowed to even touch the tent of meeting, nor, nor carry anything on their backs that had to do with the tabernacle. They were left out. They, they were just walking, walking about. Their, their, their job was no job. Because the Levites were the faithful ones to want to do what the Lord had asked them to do. So they were blessed with taking care of the Lord's things. It's kind of like this. We see that, obviously, Bill Gates is a rich man, right? And let's say that I was his best friend. And, you know, I'm doing everything for him. And one day he says, here, Brian, here's the keys... You're in command of my mansion and all, you know, all my butlers and so on. You're in command. What happens? I get to partake of what he's established. I get to be a part of that. Everyone else that's not his friend, that, that knows nothing, that hasn't done anything, obviously are not a part of that. And so we see that the Levites were a part of this ministry here. Just like how you guys are a part of the upper room ministry. Those that don't come to the upper room are not a part of the ministry. Right? But you guys are. And it's awesome. Let's, let me put it in this way. If God came down and he said, Hey, Billy Bob, man, here's this, here's, here's this golden nugget for you. Here you go. What happens? That's your. That's yours. You're the one taking care of it. You're the ones that that's gonna bring. It. And God goes and God tells you this. Hey, July fourth, tomorrow. I want you to meet me over in Anaheim Stadium. Right on the pitching mound. I want you to meet me there. Bring the golden nugget. What happens? You're you're excited. You're just like, oh my gosh. I got the golden nugget. This is my mi- I get to be a part of this ministry that the Lord has off that, that's given to me. Oh man, I'm gonna keep this safe. It's going in the pocket. What happens? You move forward. The night goes by. Morning ri- arrives, and you're ready. You're moving forward. You're you're heading over to Anaheim Stadium to the pitching mound, and you're gonna meet the Lord there. And that's what the And that's what the Levites' jobs were to do. They got. They were able to carry the coverings. The the lampstands the the ark the t- they were able to carry these things as they're walking through the desert here in Numbers they're con- they're they're on their journey still through the desert they're walking with it and their ministry was hey when the Lord spoke to Moses they were, they they got a chance to set the coverings the tent of meeting the tabernacle for the Lord to dwell in and to meet the priests they were a part of that just like when the SWAT team goes back to North Carolina or to New Zealand. Though we're though we're not there, but we're there in prayer, they're out doing that work. Just like how Moses and his and or just like how Aaron and his descendants. They're in there. They're doing the whole work. They're the Levites were just the one that just built the, the tabernacle for them and then they were the ones to enter in there. Just like our prayers for the SWAT team. Yeah, we're built we're we're building them up. We're, we're prepping them up. We're, we're flooding them with our prayers for them to go and establish what God has called them to do. And it's the same exact thing. Although, this is just spiritual. This isn't physical as it, as it was going on in um, back in the day in Numbers. So we see that the Levites were totally blessed. They got a chance to, to carry on God's... Um, God's tabernacle. They they were the ones to plant those things and to 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 arrange them and to set them up. They were they were the ones to that were picked from the tribes to do these tasks. And as we go on, read with me in verse thirty-eight. Moses and Aaron and his sons were to camp to the east of the tabernacle towards the sunrise. In front of the tent of meeting, they were responsible for the care of the sanctuary on behalf of the Israelites. Anyone else who approached the sanctuary was to be put to death. And Tyler uh, touched base on this already. So they were to camp on the east side to protect the tabernacle while everyone else were, were, were to stay away from it. And those that were not from the tribe of Levi those that were not helping out setting this up, because the, these guys were blessed, remember. Those that were not from this tribe, if they were to walk right in front of it, or, or anything, or even try to try to touch the curtain, they're going to get worked. They're going to get smited off the face of the earth. Why? Because this place was holy. And we know that when we read in in the Bible, that God is what? Come, he's going to be, come, when He comes back for us, He's coming through the east gates, right? He's he's so holy, the east side is His side. Even though we're from the west side, I mean, we can always look towards the east side, yeah. But, I'm just saying, what this represented was, the east side was very holy. Those that that walked over there towards that sanctuary, or towards that tabernacle, you're going to be smoked, because God is holy. And we need to remember that. God is holy, in that He loves us. Though we have salvation in Him, we often forget how much reverence we need to give back to Him. We need to fear Him as men and women of God. Those that fear God, God will choose to use. Those that don't fear God, I don't know where your place is at. Fear Him this day. Moving on. Verse 39 to 45 The total number of Levites counted at the Lord's command by Moses and Aaron according to their clans, including every male a month old or more, was 22,000. Verse 40, The Lord said to Moses, Count all the firstborn Israelite males who are a month old or more and make a list of their names. Take the Levites for me in in place of all the firstborn of the Israelites. And the livestock of the Levites in place of all the firstborn of the livestock of the Israelites. I, for I am the Lord. Verse 42. Moses counted all the firstborn of the Israelites as the Lord commanded him. The total number of the firstborn males a month old or more listed by name was 22,273. 44. The Lord also said to Moses, Take... The Levites in place of all the firstborn of Israel and the livestock of the of the Levites in place of their livestock. The Levites are to be mine, I am the Lord. And we'll stop right there. Okay. We read a lot right now, and I'm gonna break it down. So hear me out. From verses thirty nine to forty five, the total number of Levites was twenty two thousand. A number remarkably close to two thousand twenty two thousand two hundred and seventy three firstborns males of the Israelites. So the firstborn the firstborns from the Israelites added up to twenty two thousand two hundred seventy three. Remember in verse twelve God wanted all the firstborn for himself. Remember as I was talking the the entire Israelite tribes, you know Simeon, Gad, you name it. The whole Israelites, God wanted all the firstborn from every tribe. But since they did not step up to the plate, and the Levites did, God chose the Levites in their place. So, God chose the Levites in their place, which only added up to 22,000. So, remember, Israelites, you're supposed to grab all the firstborn. All the firstborn from Israelites added up to twenty-two thousand two hundred and seventy-three. The Israel or the Levites only added up to two twenty-two thousand. So they're shy two hundred and seventy-three, right? You guys with me? You guys understand that? So in order, because that was God's um, standards already. He was expecting two thousand or twenty-two thousand two hundred and seventy-three, but yet the the Levites only added up to twenty-two thousand. There you go. So, in, this, in placement of this, there has to be a life for a life. The only way for, the only way for God to, to, to um, accommodate the 273 was for a life for a life, which was not going to happen. So, we move on and we'll see what God does in verses 40 or 46 to 50. And this is what God does in, in order to take the place of the 273 that they're shy of, okay? You guys with me? You guys understand what I'm saying? Because if not, I'll repeat it again. Okay, cool. Alright, verse 46. To redeem the 273 firstborn Israelites who exceeded the number of the Levites, collect five shekels for each one, according to the sanctuary shekel, which weighs 20 gerhas. Give the money for the redemption of the... Of the additional Israelites to Aaron and his sons. So Moses collected the redemption money. From those who exceeded the number. Redeemed by the Levites. Verse 50. From the firstborn of the Israelites. He collected silver weighing 1,365 shekels. According to the sanctuary shekels. And we'll stop right there. So in return. Since. You couldn't do a life for a life. The next thing that was on a higher scale was money. Obviously, uh, our lives here on earth is very important. We're not going to trade our life for anything. The next important thing is our money. Our money is very important, right? So, God knew that He He can't take a life for a life. He can only do the second best thing that will accommodate that, which is money. So, from all the firstborn Israelites, not the Levites, the Israelites, he 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 pretty much said, Alright, give me the two give me two hundred and seventy three firstborn Israelites that are not from the tribe of Levi, and each one has to pay five shekels to accommodate the two hundred and seventy three Levites that were missing, or the 273 um, people that were missing from God's uh, God's uh, plan for them, which were the Levites. So the Levites, remember, they were only at 22,000. They needed, they needed, they needed something to cover the 273 that were the firstborn of the Israelites. So he took 273 of their firstborn. Each of them coughed up five shekels each to pretty much redeem what God has already planned. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? I mean, if not, raise your hand. Please. I want to try to explain this to you because it's pretty cool. So everyone knows. So you're telling me this. If someone were to come up to you and say, hey, how come there were only 22,000 Levites when... There's supposed to be 22,273. What took its place? You guys are telling me you can answer that question. Praise them. Awesome. I thought I was just going to have trouble with this one. Sorry. But great. So, we see that they took the 273 firstborns and took five shekels from each one to accommodate. 22,273 that has been established from the Lord already. So, that made it up for the Levites. And so, what did Moses do with that money? We'll read here in verse 51. Moses gave the redemption money to Aaron and his sons as he was commanded by the word of the Lord. So, we end the chapter by Moses taking... The money, the redemption money. And he gives it to Aaron and his sons. Why? Because they were the priests. They were in that tribe of Levi. And they are missing 273 people already. Right? So the money accommodated that. And made up for the 273 bodies that were, was not able to be there. So they kept the money. And so pretty much... This whole chapter, Numbers chapter three, what did we gain? The establishment of the Levites, the tribe of Levi. That was their duty. So, what were their? So, uh, so pretty much you guys kind of understand the whole chapter, right? So, if I were to say, okay, what was the what was the task and the job of Aaron and his descendants? What were their jobs? Priests. What were the jobs of the Levites? Taking care of the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, right? So, that was pretty much the foundation of this. That the Levites were chosen by God because they stepped out and they took the hit and they did as the Lord asked them to do. And they were blessed by, ma- by being able to maintain the Lord's items. And so, one thing that kind of hit my heart was in 1 Corinthians, you do not need to turn there, but it's 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 15 and it says this, if it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. And why this hit my heart is because that's the, that was the Levites. They were the ones who stepped up. They're not going to suffer the loss because they were blessed by it. But every tribe around them suffered loss because they were not able to be a part of that ministry like the Levites were. And in the same sense, this passage is talking about you and I. When we go to heaven, are we going to suffer loss? Did you do enough for the Lord? Did you want to do things for the Lord here on earth? Or will you be like the rest of the tribes, and suffer loss. So I encourage each and every single one of you, please, let's try to be a Levite. Let's be the ones to say, Lord, oh man, I'm going to do it. I want to do it because you're the Father, you're God, and I want to do that because I want to bless you. Let's not be like the other tribes, scared out of their shorts, or out of their cloaks during that time. Let's not be like those tribes, and just... Oh man, I'm, I do want to be a sissy right now. I don't want to take on the Lord's task. Why? Because you will suffer loss if you do that. When the Lord commands you to do something and tells you to do something, you go do it. But if you don't, you're going to suffer the loss. Someone else is going to snatch it from you, and they're going to receive the blessing in that life. So, I will close with two more things. Matthew twenty-three, twelve. Jesus speaking, saying, For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Those of you that think you're all that, oh, the Lord's going to break your legs, and you're going to be humbled after that. So do not think you're all that in a bag of chips, because you're not. But But those that are humbled will be exalted. Those of, the, those of you that are in the quiet, that, that doesn't receive anything. Maybe maybe you do things at the church that no one sees. You will be exalted later in heaven. God is going to be like, just because you did that behind the doors, this is what I'm going to give for you and for your life. It's going to be great. And I'm going to close with this last quote. This quote's by Robert Murray McCain. I've said it once, or I've I've used this quote once, but I'm going to repeat it because I know you guys don't remember it. So, it says this. Remember you are God's sword, His instrument. I trust a chosen vessel unto Him to bear His name. In great measure, according to the purity and perfection of the instrument, you and I, will be the success. What this is saying so far is... You are God's instrument. When God uses you, you are to be pure and perfect in order for that task to be a success. And and then the two last sentences is, It is not great talent God blesses so much as likeness to Jesus. A holy minister is an awful weapon in the hand of the Lord. Are you that instrument tonight? Are you going to be that weapon for the Lord? Because the Lord wants to use you, what happened? When the Levites raised their hand, Oh, the Lord used them, alright. He worked 300 people that day. In the same sense, are you, Do you want to be that instrument? Do you want to be that weapon of God that God can use to put a dent in this world and in this life today? Because if you are, like it says... In Isaiah, Here I am, Lord, send me. Will you say that tonight? Will you be those that will be willingly to be used by God? The only way to be used by God is what? Is to be in the presence of God and to understand what He wants for you to do in this life. So, to close, forget about your past. Forget about what you're going to do. Let's keep our heavenly minds in the sky, as Colossians 3.2 says it. Let's keep a heavenly mind, so that way we may see the glory of God and look at everything as if God were to look at you and I. So please, if you didn't, if you didn't get anything out of today's message... Get this one thing. Who are you going to serve this day, this night? God? Or Satan? There's only one thing you can serve. Choose whom you will serve this day. In Jesus' name. Amen? We pray for you guys. And Father, God, I thank you so much that You've called us out of darkness and into light. But Lord, I ask that each of us here would really experience you tonight. God, that you would make us a Levite, a tribe that would go out and to do your work. Father, may we be radical and just do whatever you want us to do because we know it pleases you. Lord, we're out here, outside. We see your creation. And I ask God that we would, that you would refresh us with your spirit tonight. That we would walk away from this place, this courtyard changed forever. Because we know that your will is the only will that will satisfy our needs here on this planet. So please, Lord, Use us. We want to be a weapon for you, God. We want to go out and start dismantling this earth for you. We want to drop the Jesus bomb on this place. So God, use us. Build us. Help us to fall more in love with you and to never forget the grace that you poured upon us each and every single day because your mercies are new every morning for us. So Father, bless these that are in front of me. But most of all, may you glorify yourself within each one of these in front of me. And me too, God. We want to receive the blessings just like the Levites did. By being a part of your kingdom. And to be able to do the task that you have for us. So please, God, speak to our hearts. Help these words to resonate within our lives. That we may go out and glorify you in everything possible. So, Lord, may your will be done tonight in Jesus'
1: name. Amen. 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 Wasn't that awesome? Family. That's exactly who we are. We are the Levites. You ministers of God. You people helping out. Ministering to those around you, carrying things, having different tasks. Every single one. John, Mike, every single one. We all have a task to be doing. Every single one. What's your task? What are you to do? I know what I'm to do, and you know what you are to do. And maybe you say, Josh, actually, I don't. Then maybe you need to ask and let the Lord speak to your heart. What do you do? What can you do? How can you help? What can you minister in? Figure out what that thing is and start serving in your church. What are you waiting for? What is that thing tonight that you can minister in or serve in? What is it? What is your thing? You got to find it out, friend. We got to figure this out, family, so that we can start building the kingdom of God. Amen. We've got to. It's crucial. We cannot sit around and let time waste. Who cares if you build this big thing on the outside, but you have done nothing for the kingdom of God? What happens when you get to heaven? You have nothing. You have no. Who cares if you own Java Bliss? Okay. It's a nice building, but you can't take this to heaven. This ain't going to be there, okay? If you've stored nothing in heaven, when you get there, you will have nothing. And I can't store for you, my friend. I can't do it. I wish I could. I'd pull a little something in everybody's account if I could. Tonight's sermon is for Derek, man. It's for you. I'm going to store up in his bank account so he's got something there. Derek is a faithful man. I know he's storing things up for the king. But each one of you have got to figure it out. Ty, you've got to figure it out, man. Patrick, you got to figure it out. We need to start stepping up and moving forward. Tonight, in this moment. Tomorrow, at your work. Sorry, nobody's working tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow at the beach. Tomorrow with your family watching the fireworks, how can you be a blessing? Is it by cleaning up the dishes? Is it by just blessing somebody by listening to them, giving a little prayer on them, hearing that they have a need, and you secretly going and doing it? What is it? Everybody has something we need to be doing. Amen? we got to do it. And I know you guys will. I know you guys desire it, and I know you guys are chasing after Jesus, and you want that. We just need encouragement from one another every time and time again. So this is time and time again tonight. And so let's do that, Amen. I'm I am going to. I know what the Lord has spoken to me about. And so I'm going to. I want to help out the priest, man. I want to help out my king, the high priest, Jesus, and his work. Lord, let me candle let me carry that candlestick, please give me that. I want to set up the tent. If we all had minds, minds like that, you know what? You'd have to be pulling vacuum cleaners out of the hands of people. Look, that's already been vacuumed five times here tonight, okay? We don't need any more helpers at the church. Children's ministry, please stop. Stop. No more. No more. But I want to help. You know, I I just love serving the Lord. Um, people... I know this sounds crazy, but the uh, buckets are full, okay? They're overflowing, and we don't have any room to put the money, so uh, I don't know. Just keep it for next week or something, okay? But we want to give. We want to give. You know, it's like, if we only had hearts like this, and I believe that this family does, and I believe that you guys are willing, we just need a kick in the pants sometimes. Get a little kick-started, get a little going, huh? So let's do that tonight. Let's get moving. No more messing around, okay? Might be in heaven this week. At the end of the week, we only got four days left, okay? We're out of here, man. Four days, are going to be standing in heaven and am going to say, Ah, oh, I told you. <laughs> Will you invest for these four days? These four weeks, these four months, these four years. Forty years. Get ready. Let's start tonight. Father, we lift our lives into your hands. Anything you need, Jesus, we're really here for you. God, we want to bless you. We want to live for you. Give me that candlestick, Lord. I'm putting it up. I'm building the tent tonight. I'm making the stand. I am making the change in my life tonight. I will go where you tell me to go. I will do what you tell me to do. I want to be your minister Help me to be that king. I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. We fail. We mess up. But you are the great redeemer who picks us up and wipes off our knees and gives us opportunity and talent and things that we can do. So we thank you that we're redeemed tonight and that we're white as snow and that we're made new. That we can be refreshed and have a new start to bless you. So we give ourselves to you, Lord. Here we are. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. One more thing I wanted to just pray for. The Lord brought it back to me. Amen. We have a brother here tonight. He's not here tonight, actually. But one of his closest friends died. I think it's his cousin. It's like his brother. One of the brothers here at the study. I won't say his name just for... Until he, you know, wants to share when he comes back. But he. it's like losing your brother. Just get ready. If you lost your brother, you lost a sister, you lost a mom or a dad. I mean that's hard you know that's really hard and so we want to pray for him can we family can we pray for him can, can you guys sincerely in your hearts lift up a prayer to the king that he gets comfort and that he gets what he needs in this time please we have a brother in need let's pray for him father we come to you for our brother and we ask for great peace upon his heart and rest lord as, as the enemy maybe tries to attack him and bring him to the lowest point we pray that you would part that red sea. And that you would establish firm foundation of peace and rest in his life. And that you would be his God and that he would look to you for deliverance. And that he would be set free, Jesus. You're the only one who can do it. And we believe in you, King, and we know you can pull through. And so please touch him tonight and minister to him and let him be a light in the family. Let him be the the light in that dark time. Let him stand up and bring great comfort and peace to the people through his words. Because he has you. Bless Him tonight. Be with Him, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.